there. Hello. How- <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Hello. I've I got am... a really squeaky chair. Yeah, Sorry. You do. do you want another chair? No, Can that's right. I just won't wriggle. Okay. Um, hello. Hi. How are you, Lisa? I'm, I'm good, thanks, Claire. How are you? I'm very well. This is playing. No, it's not. What is it? Oh, playing yes. devil's avocado. Oh, God, we'll get it right one day. <laughs> and today on the uh, podcast, we're going to talk about why am I so obsessed with food? Yes. You or me or well, one? I think I think it's like a rhetorical yeah. question. Okay. Um, also, silver foxes. Yeah, why love, we them. love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about um, intermittent fasting. Yes. And being time poor. Yeah. All if right. we have time. <laughs> See what we did there? <laughs> Very good. Ready? Hey, let's do it. Let's go. Okay. First of all, why am I so obsessed with food, Lisa? And I, th- yeah, I am asking for all of us, but asking me, for a friend, <laughs> asking for someone. <laughs> let's call her Claire. <laughs> let's call her Claire. <laughs> so you, obsessed with food in the sense of what, like eating it or cooking it or reading I about it. I feel like in the last few years, especially in Australia, food has become so big. You know, so there's all the Instagram food, people taking yep. photos of their food, all the cafes. Food shows. Beautiful. All the cooking shows. Lots of, lots of cooking shows. Um, and rather than being home cooks on those shows, they're like these amazing people who've got mm. a sous vide that they, you know, yeah. can make amazing food. And then as well as that, I feel like there's so many, there's so much pressure on you to eat certain ways and certain things that you constantly have to think about what you're eating to the point where it becomes a hobby. So you're like, I'm like, I'm forever going... Like, what am I going to have for dinner? Yeah. What am I going to cook for dinner? What am I going to have for my what lunch? What about what you're having next weekend? What am I having next weekend? Yeah. How far in advance do you plan? <laughs> Quite well. I like to plan far. Yeah. My husband would say that that's pointless. Yeah. Um, like, whether or not... My I'm... family literally plans meals four months out. Wow. Like, if we're going, if I'm yeah. going to visit my mother, she's like, I think when you arrive, we'll have this to eat. And well, I'm like, I'm it's go, four months away. I'm going to go and stay with your mother because that sounds you perfect would love it. to me. Yeah. I love the joy, the joy of it. And finding food and, yeah. you know. But then I find that when someone says to me, should we go out for dinner? And then ask me, as someone who's obviously interested in food, where should we go? I can't think of anywhere. <laughs> no, well, it's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't like, there yeah. is a real thing at the moment about people being obsessed with food. Yes. And, and, and like... Everyone's a vegan or they're not a vegan. Or I don't anything. think it's a bad thing to be obsessed with food. I mean, for me, food is love, and that's such a cliche, but, you know, for me, like, I cook for people to show that I care for them. Mm. And if somebody makes me a meal, it's the I feel so loved and nurtured. Mm. There's nothing better that you can do for me than to make a meal. Aww. I love it. Aww. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing that if, if food is a, a priority. And if you think about the cultures that we love... Italy and France and Greece and Asia, um, you know, they're all obsessed with food, aren't they? Indians are obsessed with food and they do great food. So maybe it's not a bad thing to really think about what you're eating and how you eat it. But I mean, like, when I go away on holiday, I have a list of places. Oh, of course. (laughs) Because you don't want to have a bad meal on holiday. Nothing worse than a bad meal. And also I do that terrible, we do that terrible thing where if we don't know where we're eating, we will walk around and around for hours And then end up and just crying yeah, because then I get hangry. True. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so I mean, I even yeah. went overseas just to go to a truffle festival last year. Well, I mean that's completely normal. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> and that was pretty amazing. Was it amazing? Yeah, it was, was amazing. it in Italy? Where was it? It was in Italy. Yeah. So it was like. Was Italy, it a highlight of your life? It was pretty amazing, and actually, it was. Um, 
I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I have um, two rules in life mm. now. One which you gave me, oh. which is eat the truffles. Eat the truffles. <laughs> and one which my friend Martin gave me, which was be nice to your mum. So those two things are very, yeah. are very, very good for me to have in my mind. So eat the truffles, as in do the thing that you really want to do because you might get run over tomorrow. Yeah. Be nice to your mum because, hey, be nice to your mum. Folks. What about that truffle honey? Oh, I love it. It's so delicious. You put it on cheese, you can put it over a chicken. Yeah, I love truffle honey. I like truffle oil, I like yeah. truffle salt. Yeah, I love truffle um, anything, to be honest. Oh, you know what, going to this festival was like life-changing. There's that restaurant, isn't there, in Sydney that does um, the truffle tagliatelle. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. it just is divine. Oh. Anyway. So, yeah, so actually we're all just obsessed with food. We're all obsessed with food. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I think recently I just got sick of cooking and sick of planning. So we got food, like, delivery. delivery. It was so disgusting and actually took longer to open the fucking packet because I couldn't get the lid off. (laughs) Get it in the microwave, get it out the microwave, all the rigmarole that in three minutes I could have made an omelette. And you know what? I would rather have made an omelette because it would Note have tasted to better. Make, Note to self. The, eat the truffle, but nice mum, make the omelette. Make the omelette. There you go. Yeah, there That's you go. That's rules to live by right there, people. Don't say we Take don't note. provide a service. But having said that, just on, on that, mm. um, sometimes you just do not want to cook no. at all. Do you put? Do you freeze stuff so that you yes. can have? Yeah. Yeah. And then do you always think, oh, everything looks the same? Because everything that you freeze is made with well, it does get. Sauce. It is. And it does. It is a bit like... This time of year is slow cooking in Australia and so everything, having worked on magazines and had to try to do food pages mm. and everything's brown, <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. It is, uh, so it, we're in that stage yeah. at the moment. It's Often, curries like, and casseroles yeah. and, yeah. And we'll always, like, I'll try and label everything but sometimes I forget and there's a lot of, like, indiscriminate kind of red sauce yes. containers in the freezer. And you know how we've had that Tupperware discussion yeah. that was very important? Yeah. Um, I really hate it when my... Plastic containers get that red oh, yeah, stain. Oh, yeah, oily stain. Oh, that's yeah. upsetting. Oh, you know what I it? hate also? <laughs> this is exciting. When you drop a plastic container that's been in the freezer and it shatters. Shatters! Uh, it's the worst. Uh, yeah. Right, good. Well, I'm glad we, <laughs> I'm glad we glad about talked that. about that. I tell you what, though, with the, you know, not wanting to cook thing, mm. does that take us on to the discussion about being time poor? Can do. Is it yeah, a segue? Is that a segue? segue? What a lovely segue. Yeah. Um, are you time poor? Not particularly. No. I'm just. I'm just a bit lazy. Um, <laughs> why do you say? You're t- why do people say they're time? Poor well, have you they're... noticed now that everyone's time poor? What d- does that just mean? They're busy. Yeah, but I don't think you're allowed to say busy anymore. You can't say busy. Well, you can't say stressed and busy. You have to say I'm time. I'm poor. time poor. But do, what does it actually mean? The what same thing. It? Yes, but like you've got too much on your busyness plate. Busyness is not a thing to complain about. I think. Like what it well, is. Well, busyness is, is a badge of honour these days, isn't yeah, it? Oh, so, I'm so, so busy. Good. So I'm so busy. Can't fit you in until next mm. Tuesday. How are you? Busy. Mm. Busy. Oh, yeah. busy. Oh, I'm busy. Mm. I can't think of anything worse than being busy. I mean, as we've discussed, we're both quite lazy. <laughs> so, you know, for me, having to go out two nights in a row is like, I'm yeah, crying. But is that busy or is that just... Like, lazy? Socially. <laughs> Introvert. Yeah. Like, do they mean... so? Are we talking socially busy? Or no, they're usually work, talking like, so work-life, 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 work-life. So life. the work-life balance Probably, out. yeah. And I do think, I mean, I do have to say when I look at friends with kids or family with kids and there's a whole book and film, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't know how they keep up. I don't know how you can work, have um, kids, laundry, cooking, 
I just, it just amazes me that they're still standing. Not yeah. just the women, the men as well, everyone. Yeah. It, you know, I think those people, if they want to say they're time poor, you know what, go ahead and say you're well, time they are poor. time poor. I guess it's whether yeah. they complain about it, or, like whether it's a thing to them. Yeah. You know, like I, my friend was telling me today that she gets up at five o'clock to go to the gym. That's the only time she can go. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, I would... I, I, I just can't do that, <laughs> and I won't. I just, I, but you know, I just can't. So, I mean, I'm fair play to her. That's amazing. So, this perpetual business, though, like um, we have a mutual friend who wrote a fantastic. She article. did. Her name is Emma Vigin, and she has a website called The Wayward, which is really great. It's sort of, it's like a spiritual, it's a bit of astrology and sort of yoga and stuff like that, and um, but it's done very stylishly because she's a very stylish lady, yeah. and she wrote this article that was printed last week and everyone picked up on it and mm. Mamma Mia ran it did you say that I did mm. I heard Mamma Mia were going to ring it run it ring it run <laughs> run it um and it was basically how she had this fabulous job and you know we all worked with her and she's this calm you know sophisticated together person but underneath she was just completely unraveling mm-hmm. um and I read the piece and I consider myself to be her friend and I didn't know. Mm. So it was really eye-opening that she was going through that. Um, and then she just took her she took her foot off the pedal, is that what we say? Yeah. Um, and since she's done that and sort of walked away from the, the big job, her life has improved in so many ways. Well, I was saying that to, today to somebody who was also finding work quite stressful, and I was saying, you know, like, just look at what... We get so caught up in being busy and so yeah. caught up in that idea that you, if you're successful, you can't stop because yeah. what would happen, you know, and it would look like a failure and everything. But actually, no one no one thinks that. No. Everyone's very jealous of you if you end up having a nicer life. And I, I think I've mentioned before that I took a little bit of time off, and my, but my brain was so much better for it. And my, even working full-time is much too much of me, I think. Yeah. I think I work better on a four-day week. Well, <laughs> maybe a three-day week. Shout out to the boss. <laughs> but, you um, know, like, it's true. Like, so, I mean, I take my hat off to Emma for writing a story about it because it, you know... She um, had this amazing line. She said, what if success was ma- was measured in joy? And I just read that and thought, oh, my God, that mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, so true. My joy quota is not... Filled. Your joy quota is not filled. Well, it won't be filled oh. unless I work for those week. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> let's let's keep going. Let's work on that. Yeah. Now, uh, something that does bring me joy. Yes. That's a segue. Oh, another one. Um, is I love getting flowers. Do you love flowers? I love getting them. I love sending them. I love flowers. Um, I love. I sort them. of want to be a florist. Maybe oh. that's my um. Yeah. Next life. Okay. Plan. But you um want to talk about the best and worst flowers to well, get and give yes because whenever i send my mum flowers and i go onto the website of the florist near her or whatever so that i can buy them or the you know the sort of one that you can do it on the internet oh thank you wine um i notice that gerberas feature very highly or a version of you know like some daisies or something or oh, yes. some or lilies yes and i don't want all those i want a really beautifully stylish lovely white roses and white Peonies and oh yeah, you peonies know, are beautiful. Hard to get in Australia. Yeah, but that's something that's yeah. a bit stylish. Kind of stylish mm. and often squeaky. Often, um, I don't think you get that. Like, but I thought sending you flowers. Isn't yes. I send you a gerbera. No, I don't mind gerberas. Don't you? No. Mm. Look, what I would say about flowers is, and I have friends who are florists, so I, I speak from authority. Mm. Um, <laughs> you, you think you don't like something, and then someone you see it in a proper way, in a good way. For example. Um, what are the carnations, right? Mm-hmm. You think you don't like a carnation. 
if you got if you get a giant bunch of carnations, it's just all carnations all bunched together in a really great like um, tin bucket. Mm. Amazing. Really, I would say the same for daisies. The problem is in Australia, I think, is that flowers are really expensive and yeah. they die within Amazing. hours. Yeah. So peonies, obviously beautiful, but peonies at their best, um, they've got a they've got a shelf life of hours. So it's really hard here. Like I yearn for the days when I lived in the UK and it was daffodil season oh, and yeah. you'd, you'd there'd get, be like, massive bunches. bunches of them outside the stations and it would cost you five pounds and yeah. you could but walk. You can still you, get lots of good daffodils here in spring, but they're very expensive. Well, what about comparatively? And freezers and stuff like love that. I them. Like all those. Yeah, freezers are good. Um, I can't have lilies in the house. No. Because when my dad died, people very kindly sent us so many flowers. They're dead flowers, aren't they? And the smell of lilies now, I just can't even. You know, go they're there. also poisonous to cats. And they are poisonous to cats, that's yeah. right. So lilies are a no no for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Australian natives. Mm. I love a really, I love a good bush. <laughs> love a, so I love um, natives are really good and they last as well in Australia. Yeah, they do. The other day I saw some um, marigolds and I thought, oh, they're yeah. lovely. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and they come in and out of fashion fa- uh, flowers as well, yeah. don't they? I mean, I know, I, yeah, and baby's breath is out of fashion. So pretty. But actually it's very pretty. So pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it yeah, makes I me laugh when you, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. when you go to the... Um, florist or wherever and they're selling bunches of um eucalypt mm. for like 20 bucks mm. or like, some sticks in a pot yeah mm. it's unusual it's unusual yeah. I, know, I always think that when people say why don't you do some sticks in a pot <laughs> i did that for, i used to do that for christmas trees makes sense yeah. yeah spray paint them gold yeah well you can buy them sometimes you can fortune iga mm. not cheap <laughs> i reckon we're going to talk about silver foxes. Yeah. I reckon silver foxes would definitely send you flowers. Oh, Martin or Kemp turn up. Martin Kemp would either turn up with flowers or send you flowers. Martin Kemp, so for people who don't know, is from Spandau Ballet. He's also a recurring theme in this podcast. <laughs> um, we actually love him. We do love him. And he's a silver fox. And by silver he, fox, of course, we mean man with silvery grey hair. Yeah, and a bit older and charming. And um, George Clooney. George Clooney. So... I had an encounter with the silver fox the other day, mm. sort of vaguely work-based. He wasn't actually in my office. He was in my... Well, I work on a wharf, and he was looking for a coffee shop, and I said, well, look, just, it's so complicated. I said, just come with me, and I'll take you to the coffee shop. I bet you did, <laughs> Mr um, Silver Fox. And he was so utterly charming. He would have been probably 65, mm. very well put together, um, obviously successful in business, was just talking away to me, and he was so... He was so charming and just, you know, he wasn't sleazy, but just an absolute joy to, you know, just I took him to the coffee shop and we, you know, we waited for our coffee together and had a chit chat. But do you think the sort of the men that we knew or will they be silver foxes? Are they a dying breed? Will we have silver foxes? Oh, what are what people of our generation? Our generation and the younger generation. Yes. My friend Todd is a silver fox. Is he? I mean, he wouldn't like me to call him that because no. he's only my age. In fact, he's six months younger than me. No, right. he's not. He's two months younger than me. Um, Do they have the panache and the he confidence? Has panache. He yeah. has panache. I mean, there are, lot, there are probably a lots of men who don't. Um, but you have to. I mean, you have to be a stylish. Like I, I guess men who are stylish are stylish throughout their life. Yeah. Not? There is something about a silver fox, oh, though, isn't there? Honestly, you could just just give up now. Yeah. Clooney is good. Clooney's having a resurgence. Have you seen Catch Twenty Two? I haven't yet. Have you? Um, yes. Oh, I've only watched yep. one episode, but he's in the first episode. Yeah. And um, he is. In, he is. It's funny, isn't it? Because he's lost heaps of weight, and he's quite 
angular. Has he lost weight because of the pro the show? The or pro, is it the pro sorry. show, or has Amal got him on some vegan Maybe diet? Maybe Amal has got him like you know trying to be all healthy. Yeah, but also you know he's I do think they have to watch out when they get a bit older men, a bit like ladies that if you get they if you lose all yeah you'd be a bit gaunt. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks he still looks good, but Martin Kemp is is if anyone I just feel <laughs> like you need to look at him. Go online, go on Instagram, Martin Kemp, and and just yeah. just wonder at the beauty. Can yeah. ladies be silver foxes? Well, I guess they can. Yeah. I guess we can. My husband plays tennis, right? Social tennis in Balmain. I mean, you can just imagine, can't okay. you? <laughs> okay. Balmain is a very well-to-do area of Sydney. And he does social tennis on a Sunday and sometimes on a Wednesday. Um, and I would call some of the ladies at his tennis silver foxes. Do they have silver hair? Yes. Well, I think you have to have... They have to yeah, beautiful hair. sort of grey hair that they've allowed to go silver. Yeah. Rather than, you know, they, they're still going to the salon to have yeah. the hair did. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. yes, I, I presumably we can be. Yeah. You do, I think you're probably a bit older than some of the men that we would like. Yeah. Because, I mean, Martin Kemp's probably only 56. Something. No, he's a bit older, I think. Is he? Yeah. Okay, well, that was a nice one. Mm. So, talking about ageing, Segway again. Oh my God, you're on a roll. God, I'm like you're so on fire. good at this. Yeah. Um, well, we've got some fads that are to do with ageing, but also you've, you've read a really great article, haven't you? <laughs> I have read a good article. About how to, how to live age. happily into yeah. old age. Well, two people sent it to us. Yeah. Um, a lovely reader, we shall call her Jane. Yeah, is that her name? name. Yeah. <laughs> and also my husband, we shall call him Lee. Lee, yep. Yeah. Um, sent this too. And, you know, like a lot of it's kind of, it's real from The Guardian. The actual title of the article is, bear with, um, Happy Ever After 25 Ways to Live Well into Old Age. I was a bit affronted when he sent it to me, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and a lot of it, you know, like, you know, drink coffee, walk faster, exercise in green space, like the so, so mm. things that kind I like of the things sense. about going into the woods at the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get arrested for that, you've got to be careful. But there are some lovely things. One of them which I thought was very appropriate was it said that napping is good for mm. you. I am a champion napper. Well, you would be great. It says, several yeah. studies have found that nappers have better attention and focus, better memory and better non-verbal reasoning. There you go. And they appear to sleep better at night, which is odd. Sleepy pilots, <laughs> which is such an awful phrase, have 45% improvement in and performance after a short nap. So, sleepy so, pilots... So, sorry, pilots have to have a nap? Yes. What, before better. they fly <laughs> your plane? Yeah. If, okay. they're, if they're sleepy. All right. 45% better. Well, they nap when they're flying, don't they? Uh, only, yes. You've got to keep the nap short, apparently. Yeah. Also, <laughs> another thing I liked, which I thought was good, was cultivating friendships. And why is that good for you? Because it is... Loneliness is a big immortality oh, terrible. risk as diabetes. Terrible. And if you have a large social Alzheimer's network... Alzheimer's as well, yeah, loneliness. And you, if you have a larger social network, you live longer, it's been... Um, proven. proven in an eight-decade right. study. Well, so, better stay um, friends then, hadn't we? Yes, you better not piss me off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was a nice... It's a nice story. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like um, eating turmeric, um, which yeah. is hard. Eating, making sure that you fast. Oh. Now... Is that a segue? I'm going to make a segue Go here. on. Um, uh, are you following a fad, Lisa? <laughs> well, Claire, <laughs> it's interesting you should ask. Because at the moment... I'm doing a bit of intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. which for me is 
so it's meant to be I'm doing the sort of 14 to 16 hour fast so you don't eat breakfast and then you sort of just eat lunch yeah um I when I get into the swing of it I don't find it too hard I quite like it yes um and I do notice that it helps me drop a bit of weight I know um, someone who lost 12 kilos doing it. Yeah, right. 18.6. Yeah, if you get into the I swing... I mean, 16.8. It's, it's not... 16.8. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you just have to... I mean, if you're hungry, I think you should eat. That's what I would say. I don't think you should be fainting and stuff, but I'm not finding it too hard. I was never a natural breakfast eater, and then I did start... I sort of did start eating breakfast, but actually I'm, I do OK without it. But what I have started drinking instead is lemon water. Do you remember when we oh, all had yes. lemon in hot water? Oh, love that, don't they? Um, and I have quite enjoyed getting back into that, but you just have to make sure you brush your teeth, otherwise it rots your teeth, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's the fad I've been doing, is some intermittent fasting. And, I mean, the intermittent fasting thing, they do say, has massive health benefits. Yeah, diabetes. Yeah. It helps you live longer, supposedly. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that it's yes. supposed to do. My husband is very big on the intermittent is he? fasting. Yeah, he loves it. He's, oh. he's going for it fully as yeah. we speak. It's not as hard as I thought. I don't do it every day. I sort of uh, I find it's quite good to do on a Monday and Tuesday after a blowout at the weekend. Mm. It definitely mm. makes me feel better oh, yeah. to sort yeah. of reset. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my little fad. What about you? I am... Um, oh, look, I'm nothing if not... Um, fond of one now that I've started yes <laughs> um I'm taking collagen powder oh well it's meant to be good isn't it yeah yeah it's only been a couple of days yeah but there was some in the um work kitchen here so I started putting it into my water so basically I've always for years drunk chlorophyll in my water mm. so I bring a bottle of chlorophyll into work and I put it in my water and what's that meant to do that's supposed to oxygenate your blood okay and it's really so is I, that a good thing yeah Years ago, I went into a health food shop yes. and I wanted to do a detox because you know how sometimes you just want to detox yeah. or you used to want to. And the guy said to me, don't bother getting one of those stupid thingies. Just get chlorophyll and green powder, like the greens, Nutri-Greens, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. Um, and those two things combined are enough. And so I've been drinking chlorophyll ever since. And, I, you know, I mean, who knows if it does any good, but it makes me feel better. Well, that's a good thing. Um, and I'm sort of a bit addicted to the taste of it now. And so I've been adding chlorophyll powder to my... Collagen chlor- powder. Oh, yeah, sorry. Collagen powder to my chlorophyll mm. water. Very complex. Mm. Um, and it's supposed to be really good for your nails, your hair, your skin. And your, that's it, mm. I think. Um, it's sort of the little wonder thing at the moment, isn't it? Collagen, yes. it's in everything. Yeah. And um, you can buy bars and stuff that you can eat that have all the oh. collagen in as well. But these are good because you can just literally, they don't taste of anything. You right. just dissolve them into your water. Anyway, that's Would it be any good for my what hurts now? What is your what hurts now? Well, I've got arthritis in my toes. Oh. No. No. I don't think it has anything to do with toes. But what do you think? You need something for for your arthritis. It's getting worse because it's getting cold. Yes. Mm. I've I've become that person. Oh, my arthritis is playing up. You need those in your toes. So what happens if they curl up? I've just got very long, pointy toes. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Picture this. And um, when I had plantar fasciitis Mm -hmm. a few years ago, Mm -hmm. which, have you had it? Mm Mm-mm. I have a girlfriend who has it now. So Very painful. Painful. Um, and when I went about that, the lady said, oh, you've got arthritis in your toes. That was about three years ago. Um, and now it's like my toes hurt when it gets cold. Yeah. Um, my knees hurt, so I've, I think I've got arthritis in my knees. Yeah. So what does it mean I've got arthritis? I mean, it's just inflammation, yeah, is inflammation. it? Inflammation. And what are you meant to do about it? 
Well, I don't think you can do no. anything. I mean, glucosamine's a big thing, isn't it? And turmeric. Oh, so if you the, get yeah. yeah, if you get some turmeric, and there's the other thing that you have that's that because turmeric's really hard for the body to absorb, so you need to have it with fat. So that's why you have those golden. You know, golden lattes are the oh. lattes because you need to absorb it with fat. Right. Um, I think. Um, or can I have a curry? Or a curry? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very, it's quite hard for your body to absorb it. But it's actually really good for swelling. It's the cucocamine, I believe it's called, oh. which is the thing in turmeric that works. Yeah. We can talk about that next week. I can't remember. Okay. I did a story about it once, and it was quite right. enlightening. There's certain things that you do that you eat in at the same time that right. help, it's like help a little, it cross over into a little the power right boost or yes. something help it cross over into the right part well that sounds you. good speaking okay. of the right part yes <laughs> this is a very good segue yeah if I was to say to you can you keep a secret Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you know just what to do or where to keep it? Now, the reason I say that is because that is a song that I would sing at karaoke. What is it? What is that song? Um, Poison Arrow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Have you been to karaoke lately? I go all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Where do you go and do karaoke? Um, well, I used to go to a place in George Street that's now closed down. So then we found a new place in George Street upstairs in this really random building. But it was great. Right. Um, Who yeah. do you? I, My I, friend Zoe and I. I go did together. not know this. Yeah, yeah, okay. We go all the time. She's an amazing singer, and right. I just tag along and sing terribly next to her. So is it just two of you? Mm, often. Often just the two of us. I went on Saturday night for the first time in a long time. Remember I told you about the mums on the run? Yes. Well, we ended up in karaoke in um, a basement of a building in Chinatown. Oh, yeah. And Perfect. it was like being lost in translation. I love it. Um, and it was amazing, actually. It was, you know, and we had drunk quite a lot of hot... We'd been out for Japanese before... And just as sort of a, as a sidebar, it was one of those restaurants where you have to sort of sit in the hole. Like, you're not sitting cross-legged on the floor, but they sort of right. recreate it so you've got your legs in a well. Right. And then we hit the we hit the sake quite hard. It was hot sake. Sake gets you so drunk, doesn't yes, it? it? Does. And then all these ladies of, of our age were sort of trying to get out of the well to go to the loo. And it was just very awkward. No. It was awkward. No. Anyway, then we went for karaoke. Yes. Do you think karaoke is appropriate for women of a certain age, or is it really just an excuse to screech your favourite look? ABC slash Bon Jovi. If you're in a padded slash... room and no one can see you, who cares? Uh, we did so... do Bon Jovi. Yeah, we also did. We did Shallow oh, from A Star Is Born. That. Everyone does that. Um, and everyone that was excruciating. A, um, Bit of Greatest Showman. Chris, no, what's the name? Um, Sia. Oh, well, we didn't do see her. Um, we had one girl with us who, you know how you always have the secret person who's an amazing singer? Mm-hmm. So she was doing Celine Dion oh. and nailed it. Um, so, we, yeah, it was pretty good fun, I have to say. I think there's something in it. It's sort of, you know, if you can just have a good old sing and belt scream your heart. Belt out a song. I'm down for it. I think it's good. I think it's really good therapy, yeah. but I would say that you I'm not going to do it in a club in front of other people. We used to do it at a pub. Oh. My friends Wendy and Zoe and I used to do it as in a competition. No, not in a competition, but it, we used to do it in public. And wow. I would always sing Crocodile Rock by Elton John, or we'd do Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And oh yeah, that's I, a but classic. But I'm Elton and she's Kiki. Oh, I, I do that as well. Yeah. Um, but but can you I, sing? Not really. No. Well, I can sing certain. Can you things. hold a tune? I can hold certain tunes, not yeah. others. I'm more. I'm quite good at a George Michael or an Elton song. Yeah. Some of them are too high for me. I, we did George, we did Careless Whisper. Oh, yeah. And it That's just made hard. me so sad seeing yeah. George. 
I feel like it's not something you should do with your husband and a group of, like, you know, work friends. No. It needs to be a group of really good friends that yes. you know. And it needs to be, there's, there's no, no judgment and no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. But I did have a lot of fun. And what I would also say is where we went, um, they really got you on the booze. Oh, yeah. Um, and I would say try and smuggle some in because... Oh, well, some of them you don't have to, yeah. Some of them yeah, they were smashing booze. you on the booze. Um, also, don't go with work people for a work leaving do like I did once because then you see a side of people that you work <laughs> with that you do not want to see. A lot of standing on lounges and, yes. and taking over the microphone. Okay. And, yeah, not good. Anyway, oh. good. Maybe what we else? should. Me and you should go for karaoke one I'll time. I'll do it with you. I'll All right. You. That and sounds fun. Of songs from the eighties. Yeah. Let's talk about Culture Club because I'm then. watching this amazing series called White Gold. Have you seen it? No. Oh my god, you'd love it. What's it about? So it's about a double glazing showroom in the UK in the eighties, and it stars Ed Westwick of I love Gossip him. Girl fame. Yep. Who else is in it's it? It's got a guy from um, The Inbetweeners. Oh, one of my all-time like, favourite shows. Um, and a whole bunch of kind of English kind of yep. people who you'd recognise. But it's this very Where do you watch stylized... it? What platform can is I watch it on? Is it on Netflix or is it on the... Um... I think it's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Anyway, it's two series in. This is mm-hmm. the second series. Um, but it's just, it's really stylized 80s. So, like, um, every, everything that they wear is, like, the worst 80s outfits ever. And they're double glazing salesmen, for, for one thing. So, in England, of course, you need double glazing because it's so cold. Yeah. So, so, just explain what double glazing is. It's when you have windows that have two layers of glass. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, so it keeps everything warm yeah. and, and keeps the noise out. Actually, I've got double glazing oh. in my house now. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't mind a double glazed house because it's so quiet. Yeah, very quiet. Yeah. But, of course, um, in England in the 80s, it was very big to have a conservatory or to have a sort of a glass mm. sort of entrance way. Do you so, know my dream is to have a conservatory? Yeah. I love a conservatory. <laughs> you, love show. you have to watch this show. Okay. So Ed Westwick plays a very kind of chance. It's a bit like kind of mindery kind of he's all cockney, how's your father? You know, hey, up, I'm going to make a lot of money out of this sort of scenario. So he's very cocky. Um, and he's like married with kids, but he's shags around, and um, it's all about making lots of money. And it's um, you know they they live in Essex, so they're all really wide boys. And yeah. Um, and the soundtrack is amazing. It's I was I sent you a um, a link to a oh. Spotify playlist. Today. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what um, it was. And it's all your favorite eighties. Okay. One of the the, the best storyline in it is that one of the guys who works with Ed Westwick was in Paul Young's band but left just before Paul Young got famous. Oh, dear. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. But anyway, it's really, really funny. It's very good. It's really easy to watch. You can just binge watch it. Yeah. Highly recommend. White Gold. Okay. There you go. Have you been watching or reading or listening to anything? Look, I read a book. Mm. It's called The Girl... Look at you. I know. <laughs> uh, it's called The Girl on the Page. It's by John Purcell. Mm-hmm. It was given to me by my mother-in-law. Um, she said, oh, do you want, you'd probably enjoy this book. It's about an editor. I said, oh, okay. And she said, it's, it's a little bit, what was, I think she used the word vulgar. She uh-huh. said a little bit vulgar in parts, but it, it's quite a good book. So it is a good book. It's about um, a book editor, a female book editor, quite young, and it has some of the filthiest sex scenes in it. <laughs> and it's really awkward when you're reading a book like that, knowing that, knowing your, that mother your mother-in-law in-law has read it before you and you start <laughs> to think, what does she think? I mean, you start to think a whole other level of <laughs> things that you don't want to think about. Like, yeah. what does she think of the scenes? And, you know, so it, it, that bit was awkward. And is that why um, she thought you'd like it? 
Oh, yes. No, I don't think so. I think it was the editing part. I mm-hmm. hope so. Mm-hmm. So it's written by John Purcell, who um, used to have a secondhand bookshop in Sydney and is now very high up at Booktopia or something oh, like yes. that. Oh. And now he's written his own book. I have to say, with the sex scenes, I don't know if women actually carry on like that the way he's written it. Oh. Sort of having sex on a car bonnet in the middle of the street and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't. But maybe <laughs> they do. Um, it was a really good insight into book publishing world. Mm. I quite enjoyed that, sort of the cutthroat nature of it and... Um, you know, the machinations of getting a book deal through. And it was really interesting in terms of what makes something literary or not, because I probably don't read a lot of what is called, and I'm I'm doing air things, air quotes Mm. here, literature. Literature. Mm. I read a lot. I don't know if what I read counts as literature. So it was really Mm. interesting Mm. talking about that. And then in the back of the book, all the characters have their best book list. Oh, right. So that was really good. So you could go through and see what you'd read and what you hadn't read. Um, So I enjoyed it. It was set in London, but it's written by an Australian man. And um, apart from the dubious sex scenes that perturbed me on a number of levels, I enjoyed it. Good. Well, I'm reading some books by Nina Stibby. Stibby. Oh, I love her. I've read her books. Have you watched her show? Well, I'm going to, that's what I'm saying. Next week, that will be my culture club moment when I get to. All right. We can discuss it together. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, and is there anything else this week? Got I think that's it. We've got flowers, we've got yeah. karaoke. It's all ticked off. I think we're all done. So yeah. I would like to say thank you, Lisa. I'd like to say thank you, Claire. <laughs> and um, please email us if you have any Oops, squeak thoughts on uh, we are playing devil's avocado at gmail.com and we will no doubt give you a shout out. Yeah, if you want a shout out, get in contact. Um, and yeah, we will see you next week. Okay. Goodbye. See you then. Goodbye.